welcome to Four Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advisors. I'm your host, Dave Polis, and today we have the great fortune to have with us one of the guiding lights of the financial planning world, Bernie Kiley, as a guest today, to give us some tips on ways we can get some press exposure, offer a broader range of services by adding skills, and attract more clients. Bernie Kiley is a NAPFA registered advisor and principal of Kiley Capital Management, Inc., an RIA. He's also owner of Bernard Kiley CPA, an accounting firm where he specializes in individual taxation. Bernie's been providing fee-only financial planning, investment advisory, and income tax services for individuals for over 30 years. He was recognized by Worth Magazine as one of the best financial advisors in the nation four times in a row, was profiled in the December 2000 issue of Investment Advisor Magazine. Accounting Today Magazine has listed him twice as one of the CPAs to know in financial planning. And Bernie is three times listed as a five-star wealth manager in the Jersey Monthly Magazine. He's a former board member of the Northeast Mid-Atlantic Region and a member of the Education Committee for NAPFA National. Bernie was the dean of the Shoal Taxation of NAPFA University. Bernie's been quoted on or written articles for Money Magazine, Investment Advisor Magazine, New Jersey Law Journal, Financial Planning Magazine, the Newark Star-Ledger, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Accounting Today, and the Morris County Record, also including the Bergen Record and Worth Magazine. In September of 2006, Bernie was a guest on Maria Bartiromo's TV show, Wall Street Journal Report. Bernie, thank you so much for joining us today here on the program. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. When I read your biography prior to uh, today's show, I was blown away by how much you've done and what you've achieved in your career. In reading it, there are sort of three main pillars that help drive that level of engagement and success that I picked up on. Uh, One would be media exposure in the right places. Uh, The other would be diversity of skill and service offering and the educational abilities that go along with it and the ability to effectively network so that it achieves measurable results and even milestone moments on which good businesses often turn. Is that a fair summary? Uh, Yes, it is. First off, tell my audience how you got started. Uh, Your origin story is fascinating to me. Well, when I was in high school, uh, it was determined that uh, I wasn't going anyplace in life. And so I was not in on the college course. I uh, attended Union County Technical Institute for half a semester, and I learned how to use milling machines, drill presses, and lathes. When I uh, graduated high school at the age of 17, I enlisted in the Navy. I worked in an engine room. I was a boiler technician. When I got out of the Navy, eight days before I turned 21, I went to night school for 10 years to get a BA in accounting and an MBA. I made a promise to myself that if I got one credit past halfway, nothing would keep me from graduating. I got my first job out of the Navy. I worked for Xerox. I carried a tool bag. I installed copying machines and I repaired them. And then one day in uh, night school, I got an A on on an intermediate uh, accounting exam, and my professor asked to see me in his office. I thought for sure he was going to ask me if I cheated. I studied my tail off. He said, Mr. Kyle, you don't work in accounting, do you? And I said, no, professor, I uh, carry a tool bag for Xerox. And he introduced me to a gentleman who enlisted in the Navy at the age of 17 and went to war in World War II. I went to war in Vietnam twice. And that was my first accounting job. I was absolutely terrified because up until that point, I earned my living with my hands. I uh, uh, got so sick that I went to a doctor. My whole throat was inflamed. 
And I told the doctor, doctor, it's all in my head. Um, so he pres prescribed the placebo and everything went well from there. Uh, I worked in private accounting. And when I graduated college, I got a job in public accounting. When I got my MBA, I got a job in corporate America. And I very quickly realized I was not cut out for corporate America. And that's when I started my own business. See, that kind of uh, trajectory and that kind of pivot is really what we're talking about here for advisors. Now, one of the pillars we talked about at the top of the show was the ability to add skills to offer more services. Now, clearly going from a Xerox technician to an accountant is adding a lot of skills, uh, but that's this is really a multifold approach you apply in your practice, isn't it? In the chat before the show, I remember you mentioned you realized you had some ability as a teacher and this shaped your career as an advisor. Tell me how that came about. I was installing a copying machine for Gannett Newspapers in New Jersey, and I had to go back to the branch office to get a part. When I got back out to the parking lot to my company car, the branch service manager was sitting in the passenger seat. That's my boss's boss. And he said, Bernie, I'm going with you. And heck, it's his car. I can't say no. So I installed the part in the machine. I had the people gathered around and I went through how to operate the copying machine, how to put toner in it, how to clear paper jams. And when we left on the way back to the branch office, he said, Bernie, you had those people in the palm of your hand. You're a natural. And then uh, I took a CPA review course so I could sit for the CPA exam. And the last day they said, when you pass the exam, if you want to be an instructor, come on back. And so I was a, an instructor for a CPA review course for 15 years. From that, I got a job at Rutgers University. I taught accounting full time for 10 and a half years. And so I tell people I'm a teacher and I believe it's the best background for what we do. I see. That's fantastic. The ability to, to recognize that opportunity and made it up with a skill or, or, or a proclivity that you had and put it to work for you. That's fantastic. The other skill that has influenced you in what you offer clients is that you're both a CPA and a CFP. Now, how did that dual designation allow you to broaden your offering to clients? Does that really help work together? Or Well, I started doing tax returns because I needed to pay the rent. My wife had a good job. I didn't have to worry about paying the mortgage or putting food on the table. But we lived in a blue collar town. I could not get a fee-only financial planning practice running there. So I uh, started doing tax returns and I still have tax clients that started with me my first year. And I tell people we have uh, three standalone um, offerings. We do tax preparation, we do written financial planning, and we manage money for people. And one is not contingent upon the other. I also offer people two hour consultations where they come in and we discuss anything they want to discuss, I withhold nothing. The second big pillar that leads to your success has been your relationship with media. In, in reading your bio, uh, the names of some of the top publications, both consumer and industry, and both print and TV are in there. How did you come up on the first opportunity to start gaining media exposure? How did that help you grow? Okay, I'm a CPA, I'm a nerd. Um, and when we started our practice, my wife and I read every book on self-promotion. And one of the things that people overlook is the power of a press release. When I tell, when I do uh, peer reviews for new applicants for NAPFA, I tell them when you get the email, send out 
press releases via snail mail. Every time I went to a conference, I'd send out a press release. Kylie Capital Management for immediate release. We're pleased to notify Bernie Kylie went to this NAPFA conference. And the, the books all said in a press release, include a box with a color photograph and include a box with a quote. So my quote was, Bernie said, quote, I go to one or more financial planning conferences every year so I can uh, keep uh, on top of the ever-changing consumer finance market so I can better serve my clients. And I send it out to every newspaper, magazine, TV, and radio station. If nothing else happens, you get your name on somebody's Rolodex. Another thing that I, skill that I just picked up was every time I would read an article about uh, consumer finance or taxes or financial planning, I would write a snail mail letter to the uh, author. Dear John, I, I read your article. I thought you did a great job. It was a real public service. This is another way you can look at the topic or here's how I explain it to my clients. And I tell people, no matter how bad the article was, you never say that. You want them to love you, not to hate you. And eventually, when the younger reporters get an assignment from their editor, the first thing they do is pick up the phone and call me. And uh, a third thing is a letter to the editor. I got in the Wall Street Journal by writing a letter to the editor. The, they had an uh, article questioning why they didn't catch Bernie Madoff. And I wrote a letter to the editor, dear editor. The reason they didn't uh, catch him is they sent lawyers out. Lawyers just want to check the boxes. Um, I was an auditor and we were trained. The only thing you take at face value from the client is directions to the bathroom. Everything else you verify. If you want to check, uh, if you want to uh, um, detect the Bernie Madoffs, get rid of the lawyers, send in the auditors. We know where to look. And that became a, a big article in, in it. See, that kind of blocking and tackling of media stuff is almost a lost art, especially among advisors who are so time-pressed and, and time-starved. Thinking about doing something that simple and just dropping a note to, to an author or a publication or the editor, it, fantastic results because nobody's doing it. Yeah, and another idea is when you go into these big supermarkets and they have the free weekly newspapers, you grab a newspaper, you write a snail mail note, to the editor, this is who I am. This is what I do. Can I give you 200 words a week on personal finance? They can't afford to pay for anything. They'd love to get the free uh, copy. And I was told that the, the dailies read the weeklies to see what they're doing. And eventually the dailies will start reaching out to you. So it's a trickle up instead of a trickle down. I find that fascinating. Exactly. Um, and, and that's how it works in, in television media as well. The, the, the nationals watch the local precincts and see what comes up. Yep. It's fascinating how it works. Now, can any advisor use those same techniques to get publicity for their practice? I mean, there's nothing special about Bergen, New Jersey, that they happen to be tuned to this kind of thing. No, I don't, I, I, anybody can do it. And the thing is, you just basically... Uh, I tell youngsters, you know, oh, I'm new. I don't have the experience. They don't know that. They call you with a question. The most powerful three words you can say is, I don't know. Because if you say that, then they know they can trust you. You're not going to shoot from the hip. And I've said to the paper, 
you know, I think you should talk to a real estate lawyer about that. That topic is outside my wheelhouse. So that's an important tip. When you don't know, say it. See, that that gives them the reason to come back for you for the right things. That's right. Not just the wrong things or anything that comes across that says finance. That puts you in a better niche, which is what our program is all about. Mm -hmm. Bernie, we're coming up on a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about not only some more of those media skills, but we're also going to talk about NAPFA and Monte Carlo planning and how those things factor into your career and, and how we can use them all better. We'll be right back. Are you an RIA or financial advisor looking to grow and scale your practice, but feel like you could use some help? Feel like there are lots of growth options out there, but don't have time to research them and don't want to make an expensive mistake? Want to spend more time helping clients instead of time-consuming investment research, compliance checks, or transactional work? If you answered yes to any of these, Pinnacle Advisor Solutions has the answers you need. With a range of outsourced options and financial planning support, Pinnacle has a solution that fits your needs, budget, and circumstances to help you scale up, grow your practice, or put a succession plan in place. For more information or to set up an appointment, call 201-919-4838. And we're back with Bernie Kiley. So we've touched on using the ability to teach and to use additional skills and certifications to grow your practice and the use of media to gain some exposure and help attract new clients. But there's a more recently developed pillar of your success too, isn't there? You do a lot of work with the governing and sanctioning bodies in the advisory industry as well, specifically NAPFA. Tell us how that came about and where it ultimately led in your career path. I called Mike Myers one day. He was in charge of public relations for NAPFA. And I'm chatting with him and he said, Bernie, how many conferences have you gone to? And I said, none. And he said, the reason I ask is I don't know what you look like. And he said, you get out of NAPFA what you put in. And this was like 1990. And since then, I've gone to at least two NAPFA conferences every single year. And I tell new people, get involved. Uh, volunteer. Get on a NAPFA. Uh, uh, get on a, a conference committee. You work virtually. You're in charge of the content. We always want new uh, people, young people. We don't want conferences just for gray-haired guys like me. We want to appeal to everybody. The NAPFA National Office takes care of the venue, takes care of the hotel, takes care of the food, takes care of paying the bills. When the conference uh, finally arrives, since you worked on it, you get free admission which is a really good perk because uh, your first conference is a really expensive endeavor. And so I always tell people, contact your region president, tell them who you are, say, I want to get involved. So the, getting involved in, in your national uh, level, it doesn't have to happen right away. You could get involved at the chapter level as well and work your way up if you wanted to and, and still derive some benefits. And you're right. That first conference can be very scary when you're footing the bill for the hotel, the plane fare, yes. all the dinners and all that stuff. That can look quite a bit when as a young advisor. And and the volunteer route or to work on a committee or to set up a room or something pays big dividends in the end because you meet so many great people while you're there. That's true. That's true. Now, as a planner, you're a big proponent of the Monte Carlo scenario building method of retirement planning, aren't you? How did that start and, and how have things changed since you first started using it? When I started doing financial plans, I actually started using Microsoft Excel. 
And the plan would say at the age of 95, you're going to have $572,398.12 left. And that bothered me because that was a 50-50 probability. I mean, I would not get on an airplane with a 50-50 probability. And so I started researching and I eventually purchased uh, an Excel add-in called Crystal Ball. And what Crystal Ball would do is it wasn't a financial planning tool. You know, you could if you could be a marketing manager for a corporation and use it. But I would simulate uh, inflation. I would tell it this is the average and this is one standard deviation. And I would simulate investment return. This is the average and this is one standard deviation. And what uh, Crystal Ball would do is it would actually do multiple scenarios. I used to do 3,000 scenarios. It would take the computer a half an hour to crunch the numbers, but it gave a really nice chart. And so I can show people this is what you'll, you'll have on average. This is how good good can get. And this is how bad bad can get. And you'll notice out of 3,000 trials or iterations, you went lost, you ran out of money five times. Okay. So you got 2,995 times where you had money left. And so people will have, they don't have a false sense of security. You know, how sure do you want to be? you know, that you're going to have money left over, that you're going to leave to your kids and they're going to spend it in six months. And now with most of the programs out there, financial planning programs, they have Monte Carlo simulations built right in. So it's it's a very handy thing. It's really nice to show prospects, to show that, that, that what we're doing is very interactive. We can make one change. Instead of taking Social Security at age 67, Let's wait until uh, 70. Let's run the Monte Carlo simulation and let's see what that does. See, that to me is a very powerful and illustrative tool because you can really show the, the, the effect of something small like a 1% uptick in inflation and how much that has an effect on the bottom line at the end or, or not. And you can say, okay, you've got a choice. You can do it this way or this way. The probability doesn't change all that much. And with a 95% confidence level, they can go through life and sleep a little better. Yes. I think that's that's one of the most important things advisors can do, aside from the teaching we talked about before, was was set our clients' minds at ease. And I think that's really uh, the goal with all of this. Mm-hmm. Now, in your work with NAPFA and your peer review planning program, you speak with a lot of younger advisors who are just starting in their career. Some of that's in our audience today. For those younger advisors, what one piece of advice would you have for them regarding growing their practice successfully? Okay, I got six. One, network. <laughs> Always over-deliver and under-promise. Yeah. Thank you, Bernie. <laughs> Don't invent the 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 uh, profession like I did. For years, I was all by myself in my office. Work with people your age who have similar backgrounds. Learn from each other. Learn you know, from their mistakes. Learn from their successes. The second is make sure you use the press. Uh, three, when I'm doing a peer review, I go on the applicant's website and I always tell them, put your picture on your website. People want to know what you look like and put your address on your website. A lot of people are trying to work virtually and it's true. You can work with anybody in the world, but still they, if you're in Los Angeles, they don't want to work with somebody in New Jersey. So put your address on your website. 
when you become a member or if you become a member of NAPFA, answer the press requests. I'll get an email, press request, so-and-so wants to talk about this topic. Shoot off an email to the writer because that's the first step to using the press. When the press asks for input, give them input. Number five, volunteer. Get involved in the profession. And uh, six, as I already mentioned, get on a conference committee. That's wonderful. Bernie, those were some of the most terrific insights. I'm sure our young advisors are going to take those to heart and run with them. Thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate you being on the show. I've really enjoyed our discussion today. Thank you for having me. If you have questions about any of the topics Bernie and I touched on here today, just drop us a line at fouradvisors at pinnacleadvisory.com and we'll get you some answers. You're listening to Four Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advisors. I'm your host, Dave Polis, and until next time, thanks for listening. You're listening to Four Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advisors. This program is for educational purposes only, and the opinions expressed here by guests do not necessarily fully or accurately reflect the legal intent or nature of Pinnacle Advisor Solutions, Pinnacle Advisory Group, or its senior management. This program is not intended to give legal, investment, or financial planning advice, and opinions and statements made in this podcast should not be relied on as such.